In this episode, I'm gonna be talking about ensuring that you are in your highest income producing tasks. I'm gonna be talking about the importance of time blocking and ensuring you're not just working a job, but you're building a business that creates reoccurring revenue that you can one day exit. What's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the real estate industry. Really excited today to be giving you a solo episode. I'm going to be talking today about ensuring that we are working within our highest income producing activity. As Q4 comes to an end and we prepare for 2024, I can't even believe we're saying that, we need to be intentional with our time now more so than ever. The real estate industry has thrown us some curveballs, um, rising interest rates. It continues to be low inventory in most places across the country. We have a presidential election quickly approaching, and there's just new challenges that we're facing. Obviously, lots of brokerage brands are offering little to no commission split. Um, agents are keeping more commission now than ever, but we are up against a lot of lawsuits uh, nationally, um, and I'm not going to name them, but if you know, you know. So we have some challenges to face and it's important that as we prepare ourselves for both those challenges and the year to come, that we as leaders are spending our time in the best places. Um, as I built my real estate team starting back in 2011 and scaled it to be the number one team in the world at Berkshire Hathaway in 2018, I was always intentional and cognizant of how I spent my time. But I would say now, more so than ever, I'm the most cognizant. And the reason for that is that if you want to continue to grow so that those around you can continue to be inspired and led, you have to be sure you're in your highest income producing lane. Um, there's lots of books we've referenced on this podcast, and I'll continue to reference a lot of the same books, but something that I've been reading that's a newer book is Traction. Um, Traction talks about the EOS platform or entrepreneurial operating system. It's essentially the language of business and how to set up your daily, weekly, monthly, yearly activities so that each and every person inside your organization with you included is in the right seat and performing on the right duties to help everyone get to the end, uh, whatever that end is inside or the goals that they've set for themselves. And I think about highest income producing and we talk about income so often. And for some people, income's not what it's about. Um, so if you're one of those, which is great because it's not about the ones and zeros, it's about the freedom that money creates. Let's say the most influential time spent. Are you in the highest influential time spent, not just income producing, which oftentimes those are the same, but not always. And I started to become really cognizant um, about this when we first launched our real estate team more than 12 years ago, because I wanted to make sure the agents and staff inside of our world were spending their time in their highest income producing activity, which provided me cause to pause and ask myself, am I spending 
the right amount of time in the right lanes to help me become the best version of myself. And I'm talking about this again, and I know I've brought this up in previous episodes um, as part of other topics. Today, this is the topic. And it is the topic because I think oftentimes we lose ourselves and we placate to all of the infinite needs of those around us in our business, in our personal lives, in our hobbies. And we want to say yes, and we want to solve problems, and we want to be the savior for others. But in so doing, sometimes we're missing the mark. And in so missing said mark, we are not becoming the best versions of ourselves. Um, We're not serving those inside of our world. And so as I take a look back at some of the books, like I was mentioning earlier, that have shaped my mindset around this, I'm going to mention several books. I'm not going to speak deeply on the topics, but one would be The One Thing. Uh, The One Thing was written by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, and it outlines the importance of time blocking and knowing ultimately what's the one thing in your business, in your job, in your personal life that can have massive impact that without anything else, that, that one thing is all that matters. And we need to get back to that. What's the one thing in marketing? What's the one thing in culture? What's the one thing in lead gen? What's the one thing in accountability? What's the one thing in your business? What's the one thing in your education that if you focused on that one thing, none of the other things would matter? And ending up in Q4, kind of rounding that corner, this is the best time to be more self-actualized, the best time to be more self-aware. Another book would be The uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Uh, Patrick emphasizes the importance of having each person in the right seat on the bus. Not always do we need to remove someone from the organization. Sometimes it's simply shifting them into a different role, and that applies to ourselves. So are you currently the success manager, but you should hire someone else? Are you currently the sign runner, but you could leverage that or hire someone else? Um, Are you currently doing the training and the onboarding, the offboarding? The list goes on and on to 100 different tasks, but you could hire somebody else. Um, Another book is The Dream Manager. Um, The Dream Manager talks about a janitorial company that had over 700 employees, and it talks about the importance of hiring individuals inside of an organization to help those inside of that organization be more successful. And so this gentleman hires dream managers, which are financial planners slash life coaches combined and helps people become the best versions of themselves. Do we ourselves have financial planners and life coaches we've hired? Do we ourselves serve as those financial planners slash life coaches for those inside of our world and or do we create a vehicle for those in our world to have that type of leadership? If the answer is no, we should find a solution. So are we in our highest income producing activities? Are we in our most influential activities on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly basis? The answer is no. You are not and I am not. No one's perfect, so we are not, uh, but we are always striving to be. And we're discovering when we need to say no. No, I find, is the hardest word to say. Um, Yes is easy to say. We're, We're conditioned, especially in a customer service business, to say, yes, we want to be the solution to all. But in so doing, we be, we lack um, the ability to do everything at a high level, which the one thing we'll um, discuss, and it talks about multitasking. And one of the, my favorite uh, ways to disprove the idea behind multitasking is for someone to count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, so 1 to 10, and then do the alphabet 
um, A to whatever letter is the 10th letter, and then challenge someone to say 1A to B, 3C, and see which way is faster. Of course, counting 1 to 10 and then A to the 10th letter, you're going to be much faster than doing 1A to B, 3C, etc. And so what we find is that if we are more intentional with the things, the activities that we're spending time on, and we're time blocking around those activities to both create more impact, more influence and a higher income producing activity, that in the end, we're going to reach our goals faster and we're gonna help those inside of the organization reach their goals faster. So a few life examples for me personally, um, I started off, which is somewhat unique, with a college degree getting into business. Um, I got my real estate license in college my senior year by taking real estate classes at a university. And I came out of the university with a degree in business, an emphasis in management, uh, speaking three languages, and decided to become a full-time real estate agent. And I, rem I remember when I first got into the office, people would ask me, what did you do before real estate? And I'm like, how old do I look? <laughs> I was 22 years old. What, what would I do before real estate? Uh, college, had a kid, went to Brazil for two years and nothing else. Real estate was my first real, like real job, so to speak. And so I was really intentional even back then. I'm 42 today. So 20 years ago, that's kind of crazy. Two decades, Dana. Dana's my producer who sits with me through all these episodes. I appreciate his patience since he just smiles and listens. So two decades ago, I wanted to become the best version of myself. Uh, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to be able to take care of my family. If this doesn't ring true for anyone listening, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. And I wanted to be sure my activities were the best activities I could spend my time doing back in that day. Back, it was like 2006 uh, when I first got my license. And so I started interviewing top agents in my market, in my office. If you're listening to this episode, by the way, and you were one of the top agents I interviewed, I'll give you a $100 gift card to the restaurant of your choice. That's a little fun offer. We'll see if anyone listens to my podcast here in Omaha. So the thing I found really interesting is I met with individuals to find out how are they uh, marketing to generate listing leads? How are they marketing to get buyer leads? How are they building their sphere of influence? How are they tracking their leads? How are they holding people accountable? Like I wanted to know all the business functions. Every single person I asked about, if I would ask the question, if you could be me and go back 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, um, and you had my desire, my drive, my experience up to this point in life, what would you do differently? And every person I met with, I think the, the number one pattern that everyone answered the same way was that they would have invested in more real estate. So you ask yourself as an agent, what's your highest income producing activity based on the feedback I got almost 20 years ago from veterans in the industry who had been more successful than anyone else, they would have invested in real estate. Investing in real estate would have been their highest income producing activity, not masterminds, not cold calling, not open houses, not all of the other things. But as a poor, young, recently graduated college student that had student loan debt, a brand new baby girl, and all of the other challenges of you know being a, a new person, fending for yourself, taking care of yourself financially, I didn't care about investing in real estate. I didn't have the money. I, I was worried about making my next payment on my two-bedroom apartment. And so I discounted a lot of that advice. I, it stuck with me and stayed in the back of my mind. I now own almost 200 houses, but I didn't think about it. I, I really was more worried about generating commission dollars. 
So I flash forward to today and it's 2023 and there's probably new agents that are listening that have retired from the military or retired from teaching or maybe they just graduated college and you just got into the real estate business and you're asking yourself, where's your highest income producing activity? We're all different. So how we choose to spend our time day in and day out is our job. Um, the things that pay us money for the way we spend our, day, our time day in and day out is our job. What we spend our time on should be our business. And a strong business should be able to exist without our job being necessary or our personal role, I should say, being necessary. So everyone should be working towards creating reoccurring revenue. Reoccurring revenue will give you a multiplier when you sell a company. Um, a multiplier being you take the net amount, which is EBITDA, earnings before interest taxes and amortization, times a 5x multiplier, as an example. So if your company netted a million dollars on the EBITDA and it's a 5x multiplier, that business is now worth five million. It's sad to me, I rarely hear real estate agents or broker owners or mortgage title, insurance, property management companies talk about exit. Everyone talks about entry. They talk about the job of the verticals, but I don't hear very many conversations about exit, exit, exit. The idea behind exit is that as we work our job, we generate revenue and profit. As we generate revenue and profit, we invest and that's what creates wealth. And as we create wealth, we put ourselves in a position where one day we can exit from the businesses through a sale um, or, a somewhat, or a merger where we can take our shares and walk away. And to me, that's legacy wealth and that's the ultimate freedom. And so back to highest income producing activities, I would say your highest income producing activity would be to work towards the ability to never have to work another day of your life. And it's a simple algorithm. If today you're living your best life and you're making $100,000 a year and you could and you could put yourself in a position where a hundred thousand a year coming in and reoccurring revenue would allow you to never have to work another day in your life. We would call you a hundred percenter. That means a hundred percent of your reoccurring revenue feeds your lifestyle. If your reoccurring revenue generated $200,000 a year, then we'd call you a 200 percenter, meaning half of your reoccurring revenue feeds your lifestyle. The other half, you can do whatever you want with. You can donate it. You can blow it at the casino. You can use it to travel, whatever, whatever extra stuff you would want to do with it. Most people are zero percenters or even negative percenters, meaning they're living in debt and have no reoccurring revenue. And that might strike a chord with you listening to this podcast today. And that's okay. That's normal. Uh, most people are in that same, that same category. I think intentionally, if we're looking for our highest income producing activity, we should be spending our time finding ways to invest the profit we generate from our job in vehicles that allow for create reoccurring revenue. That could be stock, that could be investing in a business, that could be investing in real estate, um, that could be investing in a lot of different things that generate that reoccurring wealth for us. But intentionally, as we work in that job, we will find that we have to replace ourselves and move up the ladder, so to speak, to positions that have more responsibility, that carry more weight, that um, will give you the, would give one the ability to have more impact on the business that they're working in. And so for me personally, I started to learn these lessons when I first got my real estate license. My first year, I sold about 50 houses, um, netting me $96,000. I didn't invest in a real in a 
property that year. Um, I didn't invest in a business that year. I didn't even have my own business. I was just an agent working at a brokerage, like a lot of people listening today, which is fine in and of itself. The issue I had was when the January 1st of the following year came around, which for me, 2007, I made $96,000. 2008, um, January 1, the $96,000 was spent. I had used it to live off of. I had paid off student loan debt. I had paid off credit card debt. And I had to start over again. There is nothing worse, in my opinion, than for a salesperson to know every call they had to make, every appointment they had to go on, every no they had to hear to get a yes, every contract they had to execute to get a closing, and to know starting January 1 the next year, which all of us are getting ready for this again coming into 2024, the work that I would have to put in again, year after year after year after year to get the same result. And then to throw in now lower interest, sorry, higher interest rates and a continued seller market um, I know real estate listings have taken a huge dip. Lots of agents are leaving the business because it's not as easy as it was before. But now more than ever, it's challenging to generate revenue. So you might have to increase your sales by 10%, 20% to be able to drive the same amount of revenue. You certainly are going to have to increase your activities to be able to drive the same amount of revenue. And so very early on, I remembered the conversations I had just had a year or two previous Maybe I should start investing in real estate. Well, 2008 turned to 2009, 2010, 2011, and it was one of the greatest um, depreciation periods in history of for real estate with the most amount of short sales and foreclosures in history. And I started buying short sales with whatever additional revenue I had access to. And I quickly started to learn about the importance of having a team because having a team gave you power um, in numbers. It gave you the ability to charge broker fees, which would generate additional revenue to be able to hire additional positions, to create leverage for the agents inside our world. And in 2011, we launched our flagship team, Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group, and the market started to make a shift. And we started adding agents and creating more leads, and the market kept shifting from a buyer's market to a neutral market, a neutral market to a seller's market. And by 2014, I got to quit real estate. And when I say quit real estate, I got to quit being an active agent selling real estate and focus 100% of my time and energy on recruiting agents while building other verticals like mortgage, title, insurance, property management, investing, development, and a coaching and training arm. Even a call center, which I have now sold, I exited. And so creating that space for me um, allowed me to be much, much more for both the agents in my world locally in Omaha, Nebraska, as well as agents and loan officers and mortgage lenders, insurance agents, all sorts of verticals all over the country through the podcast and our national speaking opportunities. And so I was continually looking for ways to replace my time with higher income producing activities, so much so that I was even leveraging, outsourcing, someone taking care of my lawn, someone shoveling my driveway in the winter, someone cleaning my house, any activity that I would do. If I knew my first year I made a hundred grand, 96 grand, um, and I was working 40 to 50 hours a week. So call it $50 an hour. I was probably working more than 40 to 50 hours a week, but let's just call it $50 an hour. I knew that if I could hire someone for less than 50 an hour. So my lawn guy, as an example, charged me $25 Um, an hour, 25 bucks essentially to mow the lawn. I knew that if I replaced that time 
with income producing activities, instead of mowing, I got on and cold called or went to an open house or went to a mastermind event, even go golfing with people that could potentially refer business to me or use me to list their house, that that would be a better way to spend my time. And ever since then, I've been pretty intentional day in and day out in cognizant as I created my time block to be sure that I was spending my time in the best way that I knew how up to that point. So always being in the best seat, making sure that I was in the most influential seat I could be in, generating the most amount of revenue I could generate. And when I started to feel friction, it would be when I was doing an activity that I knew I shouldn't be doing. And all of us, if we can take a pause and self-reflect, what are some of the activities that you're doing? And I'll do it myself. What are some of the activities that I'm doing? Do I need to be sitting here recording this podcast right now? Or is there someone else in my world that could be recording the podcast? Should I have driven myself to the office today or should I have taken an Uber or hired a driver? You know, you, you can take it as far as you want to take it. I clean my shoes. I'm wearing these white Nikes I just picked up a couple weeks ago. I really like these shoes. When my shoes get dirty, I personally clean them. I like, I have a little whitening stick that I use on the white portions. And I actually enjoy doing that. Is that my highest use of time? I could probably give my kid five bucks and he'd wash my shoes for me. And I know that seems like a ridiculous example. And some of you are probably kind of chuckling and thinking I'm insane. But this is the level we should be asking ourselves with all the tasks. Because when you add it all up, it ends up making up half your day or half your life. And there's a lot of activities that we're doing, like our paperwork, our signs and lock boxes, our marketing. I see agents that have drones and they're out taking pictures. I can hire someone for $200. So the unique selling prop as a real estate agent, in my opinion, shouldn't be, I can take pictures of your house, let photographers take pictures. It shouldn't be, I can put a real estate sign in your yard and I can put it on the multiple listing service. I have people for that. It's part of working with me, but I've outsourced that. I'm a professional. I'm going to give you the most, I'm going to help bring you the most amount of money as a buyer or a seller by negotiating on your behalf to get you the best deal and helping you price the property correctly. Everything else should be leveraged, in my opinion, if you're the active agent working a deal. So 80% of an agent's time that's in sales should be spent prospecting for deals. 20% should be servicing those deals. And when I say servicing the deal, I'm not saying driving around and showing houses and opening doors. You can hire someone for that. I'm saying negotiating price on the buyer or the list side getting someone to sign on the line that is dotted. And there's two lines that are dotted. The first one is an exclusive buyer agency agreement or listing agreement. The second one is an executed purchase agreement, um, either representing the buyer or an offer to your seller and making sure that you've done the best for the client. And the best is what you would do for yourself and laying out all of the options, but in the end, letting them pick which option they want to go to and know what the ramifications are going to be if they choose to counter or accept, etc. So in closing, are you in your highest income producing activities? If you're not, what do you need to do to position yourself so you can be? Are you cognizant of your exit? Are you working a job or are you building a business and you simply have a job inside of that business? Are you building a business that generates reoccurring revenue so you can exit and that business can continue to grow without you being necessary? And in so growing, eventually if you chose, you could exit from that business and it would pay you a 5X multiplier off of EBITDA. Are you cognizant of the way you time block? Are you cognizant of the way you lead your team and those around you to help them be in their highest income producing activities? Are you following the entrepreneurial operating system outlined in the book, Traction and Rocket Fuel? 
Are you becoming the best version of yourself so you can help others become the best versions of themselves so you can attract talent and retain talent? And that's kind of some of my closing thoughts as we round this Q4 corner in 2023 and enter into Q1 of 2024. How are we best preparing ourselves? How are we best preparing ourselves to lead? How are we best preparing ourselves to pivot and thrive, not just survive with all of the challenges that we are experiencing currently in the real estate market? Our coaching arm, Elite Real Estate Systems, offers group coaching. Our group coaching product provides mortgage companies, insurance companies, real estate teams, real estate brokerages, and investment companies, both group coaching sessions every week for an hour, as well as one-on-one coaching every week for 30 minutes. And we have a very exciting announcement. I'm not gonna share it today. I've teased it for the last couple of months. That's going to be coming in Q1. We're we're going to be able to partner with real estate teams and brokerages in 2024, as well as all of the other verticals in the coming years and help partner. And I won't give any more details, but partner in a way that's going to allow us to help real estate companies that are struggling add additional revenue outside of the real estate transaction as it pertains to a real estate commission. And one of the dysfunctions we feel we've seen in the industry for several years, and I have always said was a house of cards ready to fall, were businesses that were propped up with real estate commissions alone. Any profit sharing that exists where it's just tied to a real estate commission, as we are now seeing the commission get challenged, what happens if the commission goes away? Or what happens if the commission gets cut down to 2%, 1%, a half a percent, a $500 flat fee, a $100 flat fee, and people will say, oh, that will never happen. Anything you say will never happen will happen. Uh, That is proven in so many industries and so many situations. It will happen. So what are we doing to pivot and prepare ourselves for those changes that might come tomorrow, that might come in five years from now? I don't have a crystal ball. And if I'm wrong... And I hope I am, because a lot of revenue comes off the real estate commission. You have now positioned yourself where you can generate additional revenue through shared services and ancillary businesses like, but not limited to, mortgage, title insurance, property management, and investing. Find your reoccurring revenue. That would be your best place to start investing in today if you do have additional money to invest. And be cognizant about becoming a 100%er, a 200%er, a 300%er, where your reoccurring revenue can cover your monthly expenses. So any additional revenue you generate, you can do whatever you want with. True freedom, in my opinion, is when you don't have to work, but you get to choose to because of the impact that it can create for others. Until next time, thank you for listening to the episode today.